0: Well, happy April Fool's Day. That's what you were expecting me to say, right? Um, You were probably expecting me to say happy Easter, but as I've already been online this morning and a a, a Bulldog website has already come out with an April Fool's joke saying that Kirby Smart got fired and took my breath away, Um, people don't care that it's Easter, apparently. Apparently. Cut me some slag, wait till 12 o'clock to take my breath away this morning. But of course, Easter is way more important than April Fool's Day, but we are honored to have two holidays in one today. I think, though, God is getting a great laugh this morning out of the irony of Easter and April Fool's falling on the same day. Because on that first Easter morning, God sort of pulled a fast one on the world. God raised Jesus from the dead. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so hold on. But in the vein of April Fool's Day, I'm beginning a series today on Easter called Mythbusters. During the month of April, we're going to look at some commonly held myths in the church and some of these are going to surprise you some of these uh, may push you a little bit they may stretch you a little bit you may have thought these myths are in scripture so you may be surprised by the fact that i'm going to call these myths a myth for instance next week we're going to look at the myth that god won't give you more than what you can handle you say myth What are you talking about? I say that all the time. I, I, I believe that. God won't give me more than what I can handle. A lot of us say that. I've said it. Well, spoiler alert, wrong. God gives us more than what we can handle all the time so that we'll lean on him and trust in him to handle it. Otherwise, why do I need God? If I can handle it... Who needs God? So I'm gonna push you a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna look at myths like a valley means a wrong turn, meaning if I'm in a spiritual valley, if you find yourself in a spiritual valley, then that means that you you did something wrong, you made a wrong choice. Well, not necessarily. Sometimes God leads us there. Everything happens for a reason. Who said that? I've said that. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, but it's not often the reason that you think it is. And then God only helps those who help themselves. That's in Scripture. Right? That's in First Suggestions chapter 3, isn't it? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. There is no First Suggestions chapter 3 in case you... It's okay. But today we begin with the mother of all myths. Jesus did not come back to life. Now those of you in the church you have grown up in the church all your life, you're probably thinking, what is the preacher talking about this morning Easter? Of course of course Jesus came back to life if you you know that's, that's as true as breathing in air. And if you saw the sign out front, you read the newsletter, you're probably ready to label me a heretic, a heathen. but believe it or not, there are there are tons of people who don't believe that Jesus came back to life. They don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And most of this myth, this this disbelief in Jesus coming back to life, begins in Scripture in our passage this morning. Listen, Listen again to Matthew's account. While the women were on their way, they're on their way to tell the disciples, Jesus is alive! Some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest This is the Jewish leadership. These are the same people that arrested Jesus and had him crucified. When the chief priests had met with the elders and and they devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, because money fixed everything, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. It's for their benefit, right? It's for the guards' benefit. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. You could say this story has been widely circulated around the world. Now, this passage and the verses that we just read earlier speak of guards at the tomb of Jesus. Earlier, when the angel comes down and sits on top of the tomb and unseals the tomb and rolls the stone away, The scripture says that the guards, they fell like dead men. Perhaps they had strokes, we don't know. But have you ever asked yourself, why were guards guarding a dead man? Now, I've been to plenty of funerals. I've performed plenty of funerals. I've done graveside services. I have never seen guards stationed at a gravesite. Sure, there have been servicemen and women who have presented the colors to a family member for uh, past servicemen or or a woman, but usually they leave. I've never seen a guard at a gravesite. Certainly never seen guards guarding, guarding a sealed burial plot. So why were the guards at the tomb of Jesus? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You guys are so inquisitive. Earlier, right before chapter 28, at the end of chapter 27, this is what it reads. The next day, the day after the crucifixion, the one after preparation day, the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, this is the same people that arrested Jesus, the same people that we just got finished talking about. We remember that while he was still alive, Jesus, that deceiver, again, yeah, talking about Jesus, said, after three days I will rise again. So, give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. What's the first? Hmm. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went, made the tomb secure by putting a seal on it, on the stone and posting the guard. There you have it. The chief priest, the Jewish leaders, put guards at the tomb of Jesus to keep his disciples from stealing the body of Jesus. And they did that because Jesus had predicted his death multiple times and also predicted his resurrection multiple times. I want you to notice something in these verses. It's very telling. First, the chief priest, they call him a deceiver. So they're not, they don't think highly of Jesus. They didn't believe Jesus, and they thought that he was a heretic. But then verse 64, So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. So the Jewish leadership obviously believed that disciples were going to try to deceive the people by taking Jesus' body and then telling everyone, Hey, He's alive. He's resurrected. But they were also upset with Jesus over another perceived lie. And that perceived lie was that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of God's people. You see, the Messiah was the one whom the Jewish people, they were waiting on. They were waiting on to come and save them from the Roman government. The Roman government had control over Israel at the time, and and the Jews, they just knew that God was going to send a military king with a whole army, and he was going to overthrow the Roman government, and Israel was going to return to glory. That's the plan. Instead, God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus, who did miracles on the Sabbath, which was against the law. God sent Jesus who who dined with uh, sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors, which was was not the kosher thing to do. God sent Jesus who turned the law on its head. See, Jesus wasn't like anything the, 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 the Jews were expecting. In fact, he was the complete opposite. And you know what? We can't stand it when the status quo is messed with. Think about it. We can't stand it. You mean my favorite TV show is moving from Tuesdays to Thursdays? From 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock? How dare they do that? Or I guess nowadays it would be like, don't tell me Netflix is no longer going to have cool runnings on. How dare they take that movie off? Don't tell me my favorite restaurant stopped serving my favorite meal. What in the world am I going to do? Don't tell me that it costs more now. And here's my favorite. Y'all say it with me. We've never done it that way before. Some of y'all know it too well. (sighs) See, Jesus totally messed up the status quo. From his birth in a manger to his death on the cross to the resurrection and everything in between, Jesus upended every expectation the Jews had of what God's Messiah was supposed to look like. And so the Jewish leaders did everything in their power to keep the status quo the status quo. They first killed Jesus. I can't be the Messiah if he's dead. Then they posted guards at his tomb thinking, we're going to make sure he's dead. We're going to make sure he stays dead. Finally, when all that failed and Jesus came back to life, they used money. And they paid off the guards and told the lie that the disciples had stolen his body. You see, the crazy thing is the Jewish leaders expected Jesus to do what normal dead bodies do, stay dead. Gee, and anything Anything else just didn't make sense. But God had other plans. Here's the thing, we all have a choice to make. We can either believe the myth that Jesus didn't come back to life or we can believe that Jesus is alive. And depending on that choice depends on how we live our life. It shapes everything about you. It shapes your decisions in life. It shapes your thoughts. It shapes your view of the future. This one choice shapes your entire life. See, I can sit here and I can tell you how multiple witnesses saw Jesus after the resurrection. I can sit here and tell you how these witnesses are written about in Scripture and outside of Scripture. I could tell you that people saw Jesus days and weeks after the resurrection. But all I want you to do this morning is look around. Seriously, look around. Turn your heads and your eyes and look around. I know, he's asking you to do something. <laughs> look around this room, because I want you to see the people in this place. Each follower of Jesus that you see this morning is evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. They are a life transformed and renewed by the power of the risen Savior. We are all here today, 2,000 years after this myth took place that was no myth. And because Jesus died for our sins, took the punishment we deserved for our sins, thereby canceling the debt that we owed to a holy and righteous God. And since he came back to life, those of us who put our faith in Christ have new life in him. We are given a second chance. Just like God's power brought Jesus back to life, God gives us power through his Holy Spirit to have a new life in him. We have a hope and a future. We have a second chance. Now I want you to look up here. You looking? Some of you already were doing it, but I really want you to look. I want you to look up here. He's yes. I want you to see me. You may not believe it, but I am evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, no one wakes up and decides they want to be a preacher or a pastor. I'll say this. Nobody in their right mind does that. There's a reason why we have to say, take a psych before we're ordained. But it does no good. I mean, we're all crazy. But as a preacher's kid, I got asked all the time, aren't you going to grow up and be like a preacher, just like your daddy? I say, heck no. I see who he has to deal with. (laughs) But, But here's the thing. When the Lord calls you, you listen. And I certainly didn't know what I was doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Man, there are days when I am winging it. I'm on a wing and a prayer. I'm making this up as I go. There are days when I ask, God, what were you thinking? But then there are days when I say, thank you, God. I was talking to someone this week saying, the joys of ministry are the highest joys you will ever experience. The pains of ministry are the deepest depths you will go. Those days when I say, thank you, God, are the days when I get to see a life that's been transformed and changed. There are days when I am invited into a person's life, to a family's life, and I am humbled by the fact that I get to witness incredibly intimate details that no one in the entire world gets to be invited into other than a a pastor or a preacher. And I am humbled to my knees. Because you see, I cannot do this in my own power. I can't. I don't do this by my own choice. I've tried to not do this. I do this because I have a power inside of me. I do this because I have a hope that is not from this world. I do this because Jesus did come back to life and he is living in me and I am called to share the hope of Christ to the world. And if you are in Christ, he is living in you as well. Listen, I'll admit this. What I'm talking about, this choice of whether or not to believe that Christ raised from the dead or not, it takes faith. I don't think Jesus is going to walk inside these doors this morning. He may. could happen. So I can't show you Jesus, the actual person of Jesus. So it takes faith. But Ephesians tells us, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. I know we probably have some cynics here. The world's full of good old cynics. We live in a cynical world. If you don't believe me, just check out the comment sections on an online article. Don't do that. It's dangerous. But for you cynics out there, I decided a long time ago that a man who not only came back to life but predicted he would do so was a man worth following. And I simply and humbly offer you myself And I offer you those around you as evidence that Jesus did come back to life. No, we are not perfect, but we're striving for it. Yes, we fall, and yes, we fail. But with Christ living in me, I seek every day to look more and more like him. And because Christ is in me, I have hope for tomorrow. Perhaps, Perhaps you're here this morning and you have forgotten that, that we do have hope. There is a future. Maybe you've forgotten that in Christ, there's hope. Because Christ lives in you, you don't have to be stuck in your sin. You can get out of the situation that you are in. There is hope and his name is Jesus Christ. The Christ. Christ is the hope of the world. Christ died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen.